Welcome to Direct-to-Video DVD Extras, a podcast between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. Now, where's the button on this thing? Ugh. Sorry, go on, go on with what you like about Maurice. Well, you pretty much got all of it. Like, yeah, like, but, but, but the reason I like Maurice more is because, like, they, the, the big change is, like, they make him into an artist, which, I don't know why I like that, but I like seeing artists in movies... Mm. working if you've ever watched the mist Mm -mm. the mist starts off with the main character like painting in a in a studio something about watching people work in movies i don't know i just i i I really do enjoy that because if they can if they can convince you like yes this is a person who knows what they're doing it can be a kind of a great moment and this movie does a great job of having like maurice working on this very intricate little box this beautiful little uh music box and at one point he's just like talking to himself and muttering to himself and he asks for a tool and uh bell just gives it to him and he's like i don't need that one oh wait yeah no yes i do need that one and like having him be this kind of absent-minded artist makes a lot more sense than being an absent-minded inventor for me yeah the other thing is, the other thing is, in that moment, they sort of fell more into what I would have, I think I mentioned this, I'm sure I mentioned this, in the yeah. in, in our Beauty and the Beast one, I wanted, I said I wanted Belle to, like, tighten some screws or something, Yeah, she lives with their dad, she should know more about what he does, and this version of Belle does, she knows what tool he needs when he needs his tools, and I like that. And not only that, but when when she like has to do a chore, she she like solved that problem. She like invented a washing machine, mm-hmm. so that she could spend that time not doing that chore and instead like reading or you know doing something fun. Well, what she did with that chore is teach a little kid to read, which was great. Well, she tried to teach a little kid to read, and then the whole town was like, "Which?" Right, but the kid knew like she she could read like a couple sentences after that. I mean, that's something. Now she can read on her own. Speaking of witches, uh, you want to talk about Agatha a little bit? What so, I like in because if you if you would if you would jump off here, that'd be great because then I can chime in on what I like and ultimately disliked about Agatha. So what I my my main uh, feel on Agatha is dislike. I don't think like in, in some ways her character is necessary because of mm-hmm. the way they framed certain scenes, but at the same time she's kind of a non-entity she doesn't really have a character and i really dislike that because at the end of the movie you find out that she was the magical enchantress who had been doing all this shit oh i felt like you knew that earlier but yeah okay well i mean you figure it out pretty early on like the moment i saw her i was like this woman's obviously important otherwise the Mm -hmm. film wouldn't linger on her you have this incredibly powerful character like She's she's the the enchantress who does all this crazy magical shit. Who sticks around, I guess, to make sure that nothing crazier happens. I didn't think that that was what she was about. Uh, here's what I liked about her. I thought this is an incredibly powerful character in one aspect of her life, and in another aspect, walking down the street is difficult for her. So I felt like one day she decided that she wasn't going to be ruled by someone who treated people like people treated her. 
And so she sort of tested the prince, and he failed. That's what I felt like her deal was. So I liked her because she made the Enchantress... She put the Enchantress in the right from a certain point of view. Even though... Even though the Beast does talk about how fucking cruel she is to put to give him the book and the and the mirror because she was because that was a moment of intense cruelty and i think uh what you see of her makes her seem capable of that yeah if only because everybody is cruel to her i'll tell you what i did not like about her and i i felt i was i was okay with her character until the very very end yeah Cause do you remember what she does? She changes the goddamn rules. No, um, no, not that bit. I was okay with that bit, but I thought it was kind of super, uh, superfluous. Like, why do we need to see that she's here? Yeah, that I didn't care about. What I hated was well, maybe she changes the rules because he saw that he was in love with somebody. I mean, that was that was that was enough. But what I didn't like, what I didn't like was at the very end, they're having the party. The um, the woman whose name I cannot remember, and I could not remember last time, uh, is singing Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And Agatha comes in. She is walking through the party, and I don't think people see her. She's walking through the party, and I don't think people see, see her, and she says she ends the movie with her own lines to Beauty and the Beast. I'm gonna... See if I can look them up real quick so I don't get them wrong. My computer is deciding that it doesn't want to Google anything right now. There we go. Okay. How do I put this? B-E-A-U-T and the Beast. And? Lyrics? And duet transformation lyrics. That sounds good, right? Oh, no. This is from the Broadway show. So that's not going to be it. I found the Broadway show lyrics, so... You know what? I'm just gonna wing it. Um, Wings I believe, things. I believe what she says is... Da, 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 da. Winter turns to spring. Famine turns to feast. Nature points the way, nothing else to say, Beauty and the Beast. And she, like, fucking looks at the camera. And the reason I hated this was she was like... Yeah, nature nature points the way. This was what I was supposed to do. Everything went great. And then looks at the camera. And it's like, I was okay with her being a complicated character. But for her to be the one who was like, yeah, I fucking win. <laughs> was terrible to me. It was like, fuck you, Agatha. No, so, so here's the thing is I, I, I like... I liked evil Enchantress in the last movie. The fact that there is this just super powerful being just walking around and imposing their own twisted form of justice on the world, that to me is a super cool thought. I feel like that's what this person was doing. Except but, she, um, but except she had to live in the town. I, feel, I think she was somebody who grew up in the town and wasn't planning on leaving and was kind of sick of everything there. But my big problem with Agatha is that she has all this power. She makes this deal. And I I would have really, like, I would, I would like her to have committed to that deal a bit more. Because oh. I hate it. I really fucking hate it when people just change the rules to a game. Not a fan of Calvin Ball, huh? No. Well, Calvin Ball's different because the rule is that the rules can change. But, but, like, at the end of the day... 
What exactly did she do? Well, because they because they failed the the curse. Like he like every like that's that's the the big hook at the, at the end of the movie is that they failed. The beast mm. dies, and all of the uh, servants have turned into objects. The last petal fell. It was over. And then she shows up, and she's like, "Nah, I feel bad now." Yeah, you know what? Maybe if she wasn't in that scene, that all would have gone a lot better. It would have made it worth it to me if she had at least said something straight to Belle. Yeah, but she doesn't. Because I don't think nobody's ever supposed to learn about her. No. You only you only learn about her as the viewer. Well, Maurice meets her and, like, some Maurice, stuff happens there. Maurice meets her and, like, maybe they do it. Um, well, I'm sorry? <laughs> no, you said some stuff happens there, so I just threw it's that not... out there. Um, that's not what i meant at all <laughs> like she is known around the she is known around the uh, around the place yeah uh, uh, around the town but it it turns out she has this like forest nook and an owl uh which only as i say it out loud i think may or may not have also been a harry potter reference yeah like uh, she's straight up radagasting it inside of that wood y- yeah that's basically what she's doing she's basically radagast uh and she heals maurice after he is left out all night by Gaston. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't... I, I, I actually did not have a problem with her. I thought she might be... So at the end there, when you think when you say she changed the rules, I thought she might just be there to sort of oversee what happened now that she knew stuff was about to end. I don't... Did they make it... Maybe I, maybe I missed something, or maybe we're just interpreting stuff differently. Did it ever seem like they made it clear that she was fixing the game? No. Not not mm. they could have done better. Yeah. I I would have enjoyed it if if she had at least spoken to Belle and like to me what happens it what what I remember happening is she shows up, surveys the scene and with no imperative decides to change the rules of the game just because Belle is crying over a dead body, which don't get me wrong. If you're not an all-powerful enchantress, you'd want to change some life decisions too. But I would have at least I would have liked it as a viewer if she had just asked Belle like 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 a mysterious being from on high would like like just questions like like kind of probing like is this really is did I, did did the beast really change? Because how would she know? I never considered that she had changed the rules because uh, a lifetime of reading fantasy convinces me that you can't bring somebody back from the dead. So I figured just the breaking of the curse brought Beast back because he wasn't bleeding out anymore. Mm. I don't know. Well, while we're talking about the ending, because we uh-huh. are, I want to bring up that there is a key line that the Beast does not say in his final moments, and I was really mad. Maybe it's better this way. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. say that, and I I was really mad the moment he didn't say it. I was like, "Well, what the fuck?" Yeah, that was a really good line in the original movie, and I don't think he has does and whatever he said. I did not find memorable because he, I don't remember it. He says everything else. Everything else that he says is pretty much the same. It's just that they cut out. Maybe it's better this way, and I really mm. wish that they didn't because, especially like. Knowing more, we know so much more about the beast in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like we we learned that he had like a terrible, possibly abusive father, 
And that's the reason why he kind of grew up obsessed with, like, wealth and uh, ostentatious display of power was because of his dad. And Mrs. Potts thinks, I don't agree with this because I don't believe justice should be meted out in this fashion. And also it seems like when the Enchantress showed up, she just cursed whoever was in the room. Yeah. Um, But Mrs. Potts is convinced that the reason they're objects is because they did not help him. They didn't step in when his father sort of morphed him into a tinier version of himself after after his mother died. Yeah, there there, there would have been so much more weight behind those words. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's better this way. Yeah, because on the other hand, I'm sorry. No, you finish. You finish that thought. I'll go to on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, because because there there would have been at least for me anyway a little like a lingering piece of like maybe maybe I'm too much like my dad. Mm. Like that's the un cuz in in the original oh, cartoon in the of maybe it's better this way because I'm a monster. Yeah, the in yeah, in the original uh, animated film maybe Fuck. it's better this way the unspoken line is maybe it's better this way because I'm a monster and there's no life for me out there. But in the movie maybe it's better this way the unspoken line is because I'm too much like my dad and I and I couldn't change that. And that sucks. Yeah, that's terrible. On the other hand. On the other hand. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my other hand. Good. That's what I asked you to do. Thank you. Um on the other hand, I have written my point on your other hand. Yep. Um I'm gonna start reading it. I'm gonna gonna start reading it to you. It says it says here on my other hand. Okay. <laughs> it, it says here on the other hand, God, I sure wish. It's a little. It's a little blurry. God, uh-huh. I sure wish there was a good Disney midquel, but it's too bad there aren't any. Tony Robusto. Wow. Liking one and a half is amazing. Fuck yourself. It, I'm surprised you fit that all on on the palm of my hand. I'm amazing too. Um. And in pencil. God damn it. Evermore. Okay. Oh god, Evermore is my favorite movie, song. In the original movie, the Beast does not get a ballad. He doesn't get his own song about how torn up he is. Yeah. And in this version of the movie, holy hell, he sings like an operatic song almost about how awful it is to fall in love and then lose it as he watches Belle get on Philippe and ride away. My favorite part of that entire scene is the fact that he keeps climbing to higher and higher Just perches. To see her more, yeah, yeah. desperately. And he, actually, he he says uh, she's never out of sight as he climbs up to see her, and then he says, even as she fades from view, when he's at the tallest part of the tower. Yeah. Ugh. Beauty and the Beast, the original animated film. Mm-hmm. You could easily, you could, well, you could argue that the main character of the movie is Beast. He's the one who has the arc. He's the one who changes. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I think this movie really, really went all in with that. They said to themselves, "Let's, let's have Beast be more of a main character." Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that we spend, well, actually, I, I hate to bring this up again. Yeah. Um, but I believe it was uh, what's his first name again? Ashman's first name, Harold. Howard. Howard. That's right. I believe it was actually Howard Ashman who originally the Beast was not going to get any music. Yeah. And he wrote 
uh, the duet, which is just one of, I mean, we talked about this last time. I love, I mm-hmm. love, um, I love duets that the other person doesn't know about. Yeah. But that was, that was our big look into the beast's mind. And that is what made him human in that, in that movie. So originally, yeah, originally he was much less of a character. And if he didn't, I think if he didn't have that song, he would not have been a big character in the, uh, he wouldn't have been the protagonist in the, in the original movie. Yeah. And they sort of cashed in on that idea. Easily. Like he, he not only, he not only gets the duet in the, in the film, he gets ever more. And he also has uh, an entire stanza in, uh, days, days gone by. Days in the sun. Days in the sun. Thank you. Let's talk about Days in the Sun for a second, because yeah. I've been listening to the soundtrack for this movie, and I was listening to the... There's, like, three demo tracks sung by Alan Menken. Yeah. I like, listen, I, I like listening to them because the lyrics have changed when they put it in the movie. Yeah. Days in the Sun is the one that goes through the most change because in its original version, it's about how the beast used to have it pretty good and then he lost everything and now he's in love with this girl and maybe if he tells her that he can get his days in the sun back so that is that is also originally a ballad for the beast he he originally had two ballads in this and they made it a song for the house instead every, every one of the characters gets a line which i kind of like better in some ways it definitely fits in that part of the movie better. I just I, I liked a lot of the I liked a lot of the lines in the um, in the demo version. Yeah, I think Days in the Sun is a is a fantastic solution to the problem that was Human Again. Yes, because Human Again is a fantastic song, but you you do make a point where like it just doesn't work at that point in the movie. It's yeah, it's too much happening for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I like it, as much as I think it does work in the animated film, Days in the Sun okay. works a million times better. We, we don't need to have that conversation again. We don't. But yeah. And I do like, there's, there's, um, again, I cannot remember this opera, uh, the opera woman's name, the singer's name. Madame de Wardrobe? Really? Okay, cool. Oh, um, no, no, <laughs> I, mm, I was wrong. Madame Garderobe. Garderobe. Okay. A little I'm, off. No wonder I don't remember it. I, um, she has a great line where she says, I could sing of the days, uh, of the pain these dark days bring, but I can't remember the other half of the line, which is basically about, I'm going to sing of happy days instead. Yeah. And hope we get them again. So it's a, it's a, it's a hope, like, like human again, it's a hopeful song, but, uh, uh, sadder, slower song. Yeah, and I think it, it definitely fits a lot more in that context. Mm-hmm. Especially because it starts off with the beast and then it kind of fades throughout and you get to kind of round robin the cast. And I should have realized at that moment what they were going to do to raise that, the stakes at the end of the that movie. they were going to try to kill off all these people because suddenly everybody has a stake in this. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that either. <laughs> Oh man, those scenes, those like 15 minutes of your favorite characters no longer existing. So first Lumiere's girlfriend turns into a feather duster. Yeah. And then he like, 
he like turns towards clockwork and clock or cogsworth and cogsworth says it was a pleasure serving with you as he turns into a regular clock Clock. and man it's it's rough Mm -hmm. that is a that's a hard hard moment to get through Oh, by the way, Evermore was the other time that I cried during this movie. Oh, yeah, Evermore. Mm, Evermore is, I think, my favorite song. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, there's so much packed into such a short song. I actually like, uh, not to bring up these, these demos again, I yeah. like how they open, how the demo is opened more than I like how the official version, or, or how the final version opened. Yeah. But the final version... I think the reason they changed it is because the final version has lines when he talks about how he used to have it all. Yeah. That was something from Days in the Sun that they had to take out so that other characters could have lines in there. So yeah. I get it. But in the in the demo version, he says, I can't believe the trials of love. Uh, a cruel twist, a wretched show, or a cruel, a cruel joke, a wretched show. I fell in love too soon, too hopelessly, too late, and then I let her go. Ooh. And I like that. I really like the I let her go. Yeah. But in, but instead they they made it about how he used to have everything, and now he has nothing, and now he doesn't have her, and that also works. But yeah, I've, this is a fucking great song. Thank you for listening to Direct-to-Video VHS? VHS? DVD Extras. I have been Tony Revisto. And I have been your host, Andres. I'm struggling. Do I, do I want to go with the, the full beast lips? Is that what I want to focus on here? <laughs> Those were good lips. Yeah. Reyes. I don't know why that got me. <laughs> that got me hard. Uh, you can uh, you can find me at royalty underscore Valens on Twitter. Yes, and uh, you can find me at Theater Vets with an ER. Uh, remember to uh, check us out on iTunes or Google or our website, wherever you find our podcasts. And if you can, give us that sweet, sweet five-star review. It really helps uh, yeah. get us on the leaderboards. Yeah, and, and and let's do a real sit-down chat about this, because we have a decent amount of listeners, and I am very happy for all that all of you are here joining us. Somebody leave a goddamn review. We have four listeners in China. What? Can one of you Chinese people open up iTunes? I literally do not know. But if you can, it would be so nice for you to leave a review, and I would just love our only review to be in Chinese. That would be hilarious, actually. Yeah. Wouldn't that be delightful? I would love that. Guys, this is really how more people find out about us. And then, if more people find out about us, we can spend more time talking about stupid movies. <laughs> yeah, because that'll give us a, a bigger incentive to... Well, it'll give me a bigger incentive anyway to, to sleep less and work on editing these things more. Exactly. Listen to him. Listen, listen to how much he wants to work for you. <laughs> I need it. I got to enslave myself to capitalism. It's really the only way we get by. I mean, that's not true. I work like two jobs. I was going. I, I meant as slaves to capitalism. Oh, as slaves to cap. Yes.
just in general as slaves capitalism not because of the podcast as slaves capitalism we don't make money on this i would love if we you know made something off of this that'd be awesome smiles on faces smile aw that'd be great you know what i immediately took it to monetary and you you took it to smiles on faces and i love that uh, we could just end on like a good memory. Like let's let's just sit here and just think for a little bit on, about how much we want to kiss those CGI lips. They're they're good fucking lips. But here's the other thing I wanted to mention: Lee Rosevere. Yes. We used his music, Penguins on Parade, for our podcast, and it's really good music. And he does a lot of other really good music. There's a, I was just poking around his uh, his library, and I found something called going out for coffee or something and it's like a light but almost noir feeling music and it's just it's just a good it's just it's just a good tune you as a listener should go check that out because you know what why the fuck not life's too short did we cover all our bases i think we covered all the bases so oh actually you know what i also um if you go to direct2.video which is our website i put up a couple more uh youtube videos i don't really know how to share stuff on youtube anymore i used to use youtube all the time when i was in high school and now i don't um it's changed the only one that's gotten that's gotten like an amount of views because most of them just sit there Mm. yeah is the one that i cut out of the beauty and the beast one gaston and toxic masculinity oh that's interesting yeah and it's mostly it's mostly you talking about your theory about why gaston is the way he is yeah and I fucking loved it, so I took it out and made that because it made me completely rethink his role in that movie. Yeah. And again, after this past year or so, it it um, it's something that I I think it's important to think about. It's important to um, definitely to to think about how masculinity and the idea that as a man you need to be something specific and what that means for you and for society is important that's those are important thoughts to have yeah uh and it's like it's like four minutes you can go you can go look at it it's you don't even need to look at it the video is just it's just a direct-to-video thing it's not even they're all great like just little teasers if you need to entice somebody with a little sip of what we do yeah i also did one that um i did mostly because i had listened to the balto 2 one again just to see why it was so popular and i can't figure it out um where I just um, put together, I think, a few of my own rants about bears, <laughs> uh, just just like the just like the big stuff about how much I hated the bears in these movies, and just played that. Yeah. So that's in there. That, that was fun. That's yeah. That, that's like that's like a minute, so you can go check that out too. Uh, oh, we'll man. try to add more to that because I I like I like finding I like finding our our gems that we that we have yeah ended up with out of these conversations. So and, and until next time, I am the ghost of John Smith. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh my god. So So just polishing off this hot pocket give me of a second. Of course you fucking are. You Leave know what listeners my... love, Andy. <laughs> Leave me to my shame. Eating fully. (laughs) Ugh. Ow.
I can assure you that they're not going to hear what you're hearing because the mic on my phone is a lot closer to my mouth than the one on my computer. <laughs>